Welcome to the Texas Home Improvement Super Podcast with Jim Dutton. All the best calls this week throughout the state of Texas. Brought to you by America's Choice Windows, where you'll get 10 windows for just $36.80. Ron, welcome to Texas Home Improvement. How can I help you? Uh, yes, sir. I've got a house that was finished in 2000, uh, 2014. I've got um, big drawers in a hutch. And uh, they got slides on them. We put dishes in them. And it's been, they've been working okay for, for two years. And then suddenly, around the holidays, they started, you know, you close it, and they just kind of creep out until it, it's fully open. I was wondering if there's an adjustment or I need new slides or No, nah, you shouldn't. you shouldn't need new slides if that's what they're doing. Yeah, there should be an adjustment of some kind on, but there are so many different types of slides. Uh, okay. I can't really tell you where the adjustment is, but I, I can tell you basically where to be looking. If you if you pull it out, look at the side of it, and yep. somewhere you're going to find a screw hole that you can tighten down a little bit, and it's basically like a little brake stop on there. Okay. And okay. All, and it, all it does one... is put a little more tension on it for, to keep it from sliding. Okay, so I'll do uh, both both sides then. Correct. Okay. And more okay, than likely, all. all that happened is one side was probably adjusted, the other side not. And after a while of being used, you know, it's just not strong enough. That or, or the kids were riding on it, one or the other, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it could be that. So. Yeah. Okay, um, another quick question. I, sure. I've got to have some um, glass replaced because of hail damage. It, it, it broke the seal. And... Uh, I'm trying to figure out whether or not to get the glass replaced or get the whole window replaced. You know, it's uh, the house is 10 years old. Well, it's a 2006 vintage. Okay. Uh, and uh, it's an aluminum. If frame. you've got aluminum frame, even though it's a double pane. Yes, sir. I would tell you I would probably look at replacing it. Now, how many okay. windows are we talking about, though? Uh, five. Out of how and how many does the house have? Oh, I don't know. Uh, probably fifteen. I'm 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 just guessing, but okay. probably 15, something like that. It's a it's probably a fifth of them or so. Yeah, it's it's all on one side, you know, where the hail came through. Yeah. Now, it, 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 here's why I say that, and the reason I was asking the questions I was, if you go to replace the glass packs. A glass company can make new glass packs for you and put them in. Typically, it gets so expensive, it's near the cost of replacing the window itself, the frame and everything, with a, you know, a vinyl-type window, which is more energy efficient. Right. The, the other reason I say that, the aluminum frame, typically the gap between the glass is very small. And when you get the... Vinyl windows, like you hear me talk about America's Choice windows all the time, but they they have a seven eighth inch gap between their glass pan, uh, panels. That dead airspace is what makes it more energy efficient and quieter for the noise outside. Uh, okay. Not to mention that aluminum conducts heat back and forth in both directions easily. Vinyl does not, so that's why it becomes more energy efficient. Okay, uh, American Choice Windows. Do they do they do small jobs like that, like just five windows? Oh yeah. <clears throat> okay. 
Okay, yeah. I'm, I'm going to help them out. I, this is an insurance job, but, uh, yeah, I can have them out and, and check them out. Yeah, their number is 214-390-5598. Okay, thank you very much. You bet, Ron. Take care. If you're looking at replacing fixtures, you know, like dishwashers and refrigerators, flooring, things like that, you got to pay attention because a lot of that stuff all works together. Uh, you know, there's always that age-old debate on a dishwasher. Do you put the flooring under the dishwasher or do you put the, the dishwasher on the concrete floor if it's a concrete slab? Well, what you're going to find in some cases, if you're not careful, if you had, say, a linoleum floor, for instance, and then you go in and put tile and you didn't take this into account, you sometimes can't get the dishwasher back out because there wasn't enough clearance above the dishwasher between the dishwasher and the countertop in order to remove that dishwasher. I have seen that many times. So before you start on those projects, you, you got to look at all this stuff and make sure that everything is lined out for the future needs as well because appliances do go out and they do have to be changed out. You know, a lot of times we think, oh, this stuff's going to last forever, but it really doesn't. And you know, not saying that it needs to be changed out uh, just because it, it starts looking old, because I, I, that just drives me nuts when people want to update. Well, just because an appliance is five years old and it's out of style. Pick the right appliances, and they basically don't go out of style. There's two, two appliance colors I would look at right now. If I was buying new appliances, you can either go with stainless or go with white. Either one, you're typically going to be safe. White rolls around back into style every five to ten years. Regardless of what else comes in style. The Harvest Gold was in style. The, the Blacks were in style. All the different color appliances have been in style at some point in another. White always rolls around back in style. Eddie, welcome to Texas Home Improvement. How can I help you? J.D., you may have answered this question last weekend. That's what I'm told, but I missed it, so I'm going to bother you again with this. It's about painting over wallpaper. Okay. I have a few rooms of wallpaper that I dearly hate, and I understand that, and this is just regular wallpaper. It's not foil. It's not grass or textured. It's just uh, old wallpaper. Okay. I think you had talked about being able to paint over the wallpaper as long as the wallpaper is secured to the wall. Now, I've always heard that you need to take it off. Can you, can you straighten out my program on that? Sure. If it's a paper-type wallpaper and it's well secured on the wall, paint it with a primer first, a primer sealer, and if there's any loose spots, they'll actually bubble up. So you can cut them off and then uh, float that spot with just a little sheetrock mud so that that cutout doesn't show. And do the same thing on all the seams on the wallpaper. Just, you know, float it like you were redoing a wall. Now you can texture it, paint it, and you're done. Okay, where there's the wallpaper around some of the window cutouts, window sills and such, yeah. It's peeling off, and what I thought I would do there is, at first I thought I should cut off the peeling pieces, but then I thought, why not leave them there and just take some wood trim 
and trim out around the windows and doors after it's been painted so that that edge of wallpaper will help keep everything else beyond it down, if that makes any sense. You can. I mean, you can you can cut off what's loose and, like I said, just float it. Or, like you said, you could trim it. And, you know, they make quarter-type uh, molds to go around casings like that. You don't have to trim it with a 1x4 or anything like that. You can get that little three-quarter inch piece that goes on outside corners, and it looks great. Oh, yeah, good idea. That's a good idea. So I can do that. I don't have to go and start peeling this off as long as the majority of the paper is secure to the wall. Correct. Now, you're going to find, though, when you paint it, you're going to have some spots that are going to bubble up that you will have to float out. Okay, and just float it out with uh, that mud that you're talking about? Sheetrock mud, yeah. Okay. Okay, and then then paint over. Do I need to prime that again? I'm assuming I do. I would. Okay. Okay, well, that helps me out uh, quite a bit. I appreciate that's going to save me a heck of a lot of time. Yeah, and and, and again, I would skim coat, uh, you know, or uh, float out where the wallpaper joints are, you know, where one piece meets the other. Right. Because it'll hide those seams. Oh, so go ahead and do that anyway. Yep. Oh, okay, yeah, that won't take much. Yeah. Okay, well, you've been a great help as usual, J.D. I appreciate you taking my call. No problem, Eddie. You have a great afternoon. You too. Bye now. Bye-bye. Jason, this is Jim. How can I help you? Hi, I have the asbestos tiles on the outside of my house, and I need to know the process, regulations, and requirements of replacing them and residing my house. Okay, are you going to resite it your house yourself, or are you going to hire a contractor? Um, well, I understand that a contractor does have extra steps to take other a lot. than me. My question was whether I could just resite it by with leaving them on. Can I slap something over them? You know, what you're going to find is if you try to go over them, every time you drive a nail through them, they'll break and, and drop down. Because they oh, are okay. extremely brittle. Uh, the right. only time asbestos is a problem is if you start turning it to dust. And so, realistically, the way to get it off of there, as a homeowner, you can take it off, load it in your truck, and dispose of it in the dump without any regulations beyond that. Oh. As a contractor, you have to basically tent the house suit up in a hazmat suit and go in and, and remove this stuff. Now, really? I've, I've worked with the stuff years ago uh, on old buildings all the time. And what I would tell you to do is wear a respirator, hose the place down as you're doing this, because the only part of it that is a problem is when it turns to dust and it gets in your lungs. So wear a good respirator, hose it down, you because know, when you keep it wet... It, the, the dust doesn't float. Would one good whiff of the asbestos give me mesothelioma? No. Okay. Now, that's, that's, me, that's me not being a medical guy telling you that. Uh, yeah. I don't think there is a set thing that is, of how much, you, because each individual depends on your lifestyle, your health, and all that stuff, and does it get caught in the right spot to cause a problem for you. Am I safe living in my house with the tiles on the outside? Absolutely. Really? The only time that they're a problem is if 
somebody starts messing with them and, and it turns to dust. Okay, and um, the I have kind of a mold on the outside, kind of a green shim. Does that happen a lot to them? You mean where they're kind of getting moldy on the outside? Yes, sir. A little mildew? How do I take care of that? Pressure washer. Okay. And it doesn't take much pressure. You know, like a 1,000 to 1,500 PSI pressure washer is all you need. Spray a little all bleach right. on it, and it'll that'll clean right up. They hold paint better than any other siding other than James Hardy siding. Uh, I mean, those two sidings hold paint like it's unreal, much better than wood does. So, um, And you're going to find that, it, you know, that green you're seeing actually could be the original color of them even because a lot of them had a, a green design on them. Well, you've explained a lot. Thank you. And if you need some, uh, believe it or not, I ran into a lumber yard that actually had some out uh, west of Houston about, uh, I don't know, six, eight months ago. So they're still available to buy. It's not illegal. Uh, no, it's not. They, they actually came up with some replacement ones years ago that didn't have asbestos in them. Now, the ones I saw at that lumber yard, I don't know if they were the old asbestos ones or the, the ones that came out in, like, the 80s that weren't asbestos. But uh, he, he had a couple bundles of them there still. All right. Well, thank you very much, Jim. All right. You take care. Yes, sir. Bye. Again, for everybody listening, asbestos is only a problem when you start turning it to dust and breathing it. So if you're going to do something on those old shakes, protect your, you know, wear respirators, hose it down because dust doesn't fly in the water, take them off and haul them away if that's what you want to do. You're normally going to find that there's an older siding behind it. And then you can go ahead and reside the house. Mike, this is Jim. How can I help you? Hey, Jim, I've got a, maybe some hairline cracks in a uh, concrete slab, maybe about an eighth of an inch uh, wide. And I'm, I've looked at different crack sealants at Home Depot or, or whatever, home improvement. And some are polyurethane, like a two-part coming out of a nozzle. Others are more caulk-based just wondering what's the difference and which way should I go well typically if you're trying to seal a concrete crack you're going to use an epoxy uh, injector to inject deep down into it if you use just a regular caulking type that's surface only Uh, but I guess the question I have for you is this inside the house right no this is outside patio oh it's on the patio okay yeah uh because most of the time, I tell people, don't bother sealing the cracks. All concrete cracks by nature. And normally, what you'll see is at certain times of year, that, that crack will be wider than other times. So if you put something in there, the concrete is more than likely going to crack again somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Now, that being said, if it's opened up where, you like you said, like an eighth of an inch... That's wider than a normal expansion crack. And, yeah, if you want to put an epoxy in it, you can. There's a place called White Cap, W-H-I-T-E, Cap, C-A-P. Uh, they got several locations throughout town, and they do online. And if you'll go to their either location or online, what you're looking for is epoxy injection for concrete. That'll okay. give you the right stuff for doing it. They have some materials that the viscosity of it is less than water, 
So when you put it in there, it goes all the way through the concrete and bonds it back together again. Okay. Well, I appreciate it. Philip, welcome to Texas Home Improvement. How can I help you? Hello. Hello. Say, uh, is it an advantage or a disadvantage to putting in a lightning protection system with copper uh, lightning arresters and down leads down to the ground into some ground rods to bring the lightning down? And also, is there an insurance discount? Well, what you're talking about is basically a lightning rod in order to protect the home. And, yes, you know, your question as far as is there an advantage or disadvantage, I don't know of any disadvantage to it. The advantage is, should your home ever get hit by lightning, this darn sure helps to protect it. Now, what you have to look at, though, is are you likely to get hit by lightning? If you've got a lot of large trees around the home, lightning is likely to hit the trees, which can also affect what's inside the home. If there's a lot of two-story, if you're in a regular residential neighborhood and you got a lot of two-story homes around you and you're a one-story home, chances are you're not the one that's going to get hit by lightning. It's going to be the two-story house next door to you. But if you're the two-story house, yeah, there's a big advantage to going ahead and putting in a lightning rod. Okay. Would there be a discount from the insurance company? Not that I'm aware of, but that doesn't mean there's not one. If there is, I don't think it's going to be a very big one. Uh, but Okay. Uh, because in some cases, you know, depending on the policy you have, some insurance policies are not going to cover you for the lightning damage anyways. And in a lot of cases, you know, what happens when the house does get hit by lightning, it's not that the house, you know, in some cases you, you hear about house fires from lightning. But in most cases, what it's done is burn out the oven and the microwaves and things like that. And in a lot of cases, that's less than your deductible. So the insurance isn't on the hook anyways. Uh, okay. Well, that's what I had. Thank you. Philip, you have a great weekend or great you, Sunday afternoon, I guess I should say. You too. Is it co common practice for an exterior paint contractor to charge per square foot of the overall house size or per square foot of the paint area? My townhouse is about 45 to 50% brick, and the remaining structure has a wood type of structural material. In other words, what measurements, if any, are considered and what is considered a fair charge per square foot that a contractor may charge what is included in the paint charge total square feet of my townhouse is 1320 square foot okay this kind of goes back to the question we had a little while ago as far as the cost of doing sheetrock it's a bid process in texas there is no contractor licensing so it is totally negotiated between you, the homeowner, or I should say property owner, and the contractor who's going to do the work for you. Now, there's some things I would tell you to look for if you're hiring a contractor. One, do they have an office or are they chucking a truck? Chucking a truck may do the job for you and they're gone tomorrow. Two, do they carry any insurance? Accidents can happen. Your fault, their fault, nobody's fault. Things can go wrong. Damage to the property can occur. Workers' comp, if a, if a contractor doesn't have workers' comp and an employee is injured, 
you know, and we were talking painting, typically up on ladders and stuff. Somebody falls off the ladder and gets injured. Your contractor didn't have workers' comp. That employee has the right to sue you as the homeowner. So all this goes into the price of a job. How much of it do they got to get up on ladders? How much of it is just eight-foot ceilings? If it's all exterior, you know, granted, how, how, what do we got to work around landscaping-wise? It's not just the square footage. That's why it is a bid and not just, you know, out, of, out there saying, you know, paint goes for $1.25 a square foot. And, and I got no idea how close that is. I'm just, I'm just throwing out numbers. Now, the other things you got to be looking at, who's providing the paint? Are you paying for the paint or is the contractor paying for the paint? And if the contractor is buying the paint, are you picking the grade of paint? There's a huge difference in the different grades of paint. You buy a cheap $15 a gallon paint, guess what you're getting? A cheap paint job. And three to five years from now, you get to redo it again. You buy an upper end paint, a $40 a gallon paint, you're probably going to get 10 to 15 years out of that paint job. Now, which one is a better buy? The labor to put the paint on is the same. In fact, with the upper end paints, a lot of times you're going to find it's a little cheaper because the paint's a little thicker, covers better, lasts longer, so you don't have to repaint the place. When you buy the cheap paints, you're a lot of times having to do more than one coat if you're painting the same color. If you're painting a different color, Lord only knows how many coats you're going to have to put on. So these are all things that go into the bid. There is no set per square foot. And again, there's no contractor licensing in Texas, so there's no protection from the state as far as all contractors got to meet these certain requirements. It is up to you, the property owner, to make sure you check them out. KP, how can I help you? Thank you for taking my call. Um, I have a question in regards to my driveway uh -huh. and the dirt that's getting washed away when there's a heavy downpour. I'm beginning to see uh, a lot of dirt getting washed out on the sides, and I'm afraid that the um, the foundation is getting weaker on the driveway. So, so it's, I'm looking it's washing out underneath the, the driveway? Yeah. Okay. So I'm not sure um, who I should call to get it checked out. Is this a foundation person? Is it a landscaping person? Do I need a French drain? I'm looking for advice, please. Well, normally it's going to be a foundation person, but not all foundation companies will work on something like this uh, because there's two different ways normally that you can fill the voids that are happening under the driveway. One is with mud pumping. The other is with a urethane foam injection. Uh, then you have to address, you know, what's causing the water to flow there to begin with and redirect it, and that may get into drainage work and such. So you're, you're looking for a really specialty contractor, and I will tell you, Due West, my company, we do do that kind of work. Uh, you can call our office at 972-406-0912, and it, it's not that uncommon you know a lot of times uh, people will start worrying before they need to worry if if it's caught early enough uh, redirecting the water may be all you need to do but if you let it go to the point where the concrete starts to drop that's when you get into the more expensive repairs okay thank you um, call and make an appointment to have someone take a look at it okay 
Thank well, you KP, you have a great Sunday afternoon. You too. Thanks. Bye-bye. You know, I want to uh, touch on KP's call there a little bit further as far as the sand washing out from under the driveway. A lot of times what you see is water runs down the driveway, and it goes in where the wood expansion joint used to be, and then it'll start washing the sand out down at the next expansion joint. And so you start getting cavities underneath the concrete. That can cause a problem and actually cause it rather rapidly. Now, there are things you can do to, to help minimize it. One is make sure you get something back into that expansion joint so that it minimizes the amount of water that's going down underneath there. Uh, and that's whether you take out that old piece of wood and put a new piece of wood in there, which can be a real pain because there should be some rebar running through the middle there. Or if you want to use a, uh, a flowable rubberized material, to fill that gap after removing the old wood in there. If you do that, one cautionary thing, don't use a tar-based material. It gets too hot here. The tar does get soft again, and when you drive on it or happen to step on it or something, it will stick to the tires of the car and just leaves a mess. So you don't ever want to use something tar-based. Uh, rubber always works well, and there, there is a uh, material called trimaslab. And it is a, an expansion joint repair material that literally just comes in a roll and you can punch it down into it. Uh, if you anybody wants to take a look at that, uh, it's at a website called trim-a-slab.com. Uh, it's made right here in Texas, so it holds up to the heat really well. Uh, and the, the way the thing slides in there and seals up, it really cuts that water flow off from going under the concrete panels and causing additional problems for you. So I really recommend you take a look at that. Tearing off current siding to reside a house down to studs. Should I automatically replace the wall insulation just because it's at least three decades old? Or do I inspect it to determine if replacement is needed? If I inspect it, mainly, what do I look for? Let's start with that part of the question first. If you're tearing off the siding, you're redoing all the siding and stuff, just because the insulation's 30 years, 40 years old, if it's fiberglass insulation and it hasn't been wet, leave it. It's going to still be doing the job. What you're going to find, though, is it may be an R9 or an R11, and you could upgrade to an R13 if you wanted to, but if it's 2x4 studs, that 13 is about as far as you're going to be able to go. Um, Unless you want to do a spray foam, that can raise your R levels up to, you know, 20 to 25. But uh, in general, if it's already in place, it hasn't been wet, and it's fiberglass, I'm going to tell you to leave it. If it's cellulose, I'm going to tell you to take it out because you're going to find that it's already starting to turn to dust in there if it's 30 years old. And as time goes on, it's just going to deteriorate more. So replace it with fiberglass. Um, again, unless you want to use a spray foam type insulation. Now, next part of the question. My house attic is about 1,600 square foot. House has four gable vents only, no soffit vents at all, no eaves. Would it be of benefit, comfort-wise energy efficiency, to install a solar roof vent? If yes, are there certain brands and features you recommend? Thanks, Dan. Well, 
here's where a solar fan would help. If we're having a, a breezy day like today, where it's just strong winds today, absolutely that solar fan's going to do absolutely nothing for you. If there's any type of breeze that's blowing through the attic, the solar fan's going to be useless. The only time the solar fan is really going to help you is if we're on a hot, dead, still day where the air's not moving at all. The fan kicks in. It moves the air and does what it needs to to take care of your attic ventilation needs. The ventilation in an attic is more than temperature control. It's humidity control as well. So in essence, yes, it would help, but it's going to be minimally that it would help. You're going to typically be looking on, on a 1,600-square-foot house. Typically, one solar fan is probably going to be all you need. Uh, and I would look for something in the 11 to 1,200 CFM. And I think that's really all you're going to need to do to take care of your attic needs with that. Hey, we had Jan call in. She had a question about unplugging the drain for the water heater. What can you do if it is plugged? Well, you can actually try sticking like a coat hanger up there through the drain and try to break some of the stuff loose. The problem you can run into, you could damage the water heater to the point where it won't work any longer. Now, if you're just trying to drain it to get it out, who cares? But if you're just trying to drain it just to try to get the sediment out of there, leave it alone and wait till it's time to replace the water heater. Have a great weekend. Don't forget, THIPro.com is a great resource for you. All the contractors in different places you hear me talk about are there, and they're all places I've checked out. Talk to you next weekend. You've just heard the best calls and questions from Texas Home Improvement. For more information about our show, go to THIPro.com.